In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. So, in the introduction to the readings, I was saying that um, this being the first Sunday of the Coptic New Year, the Church has started the salvation story from the very beginning. If you remember, the, the church has like a schedule of readings. So like I don't get to choose the readings every week. There's like a schedule that's in place. And the schedule which is in place is twofold. There's a schedule for Sundays and then there's a schedule for, for all the weekdays. The schedule of the weekdays follows the saint of the day for its own reasons. We won't get into that. The schedule of Sundays follows the life of Christ from the very beginning until the completion of all of the events of the life of Christ which which are for our salvation including Pentecost and the Holy Spirit and you'll find that there are 12 Coptic months or 13 there's a small one but the, the 12 30 day months are divided into three segments of four months each and the first four months are all talking about the work of the father and our salvation and how we participate in that and the second four months the work of the son and you'll find that that starts with christmas and then after that is uh is like lent and holy week and so on and then you'll find that the, the last four months um, have to all to do with the Holy Spirit in which we celebrate Pentecost and the Feast of the Apostles and the work of the Apostles and the work of, um, of, of the Holy Spirit working in the church. And so the, the readings are divided into these, into these segments. So the, the, story of, the story of Christ and his work in this world began actually not with him, but with someone who came to prepare the way, St. John the Baptist. And so you'll find today's Today's readings are the only time, the only Sunday readings, the whole year round, that all of the readings are pointing us towards John the Baptist. Now, I'm ask you a question. Isn't that, doesn't that sound a little bit like idolatry? Why would the church be pointing us towards anybody other than Christ? In a recent sermon, at some point, I was saying that um, in all the icons in which Christ is, 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 is pictured, Every other character in the in, in the icon is facing Christ. Like if you look at the at, at the baptism of Christ, the icon there, Saint John the Baptist is facing Christ. Even the fish are facing Christ. The angels are facing Christ. Everyone is facing Christ, and the church is telling us by that that everyone should be always facing Jesus. And then now this aberrancy, this strange thing that's kind of outside the regular system. The church is telling us about John the Baptist. All of the, 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 the Gospels, the one of Vespers, the one of Matins, the one of the, the liturgy just now. Jesus is pointing at St. John the Baptist and saying, no one has arisen, no man has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Right? And then even the, 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 the Pauline and the, the Catholic epistle uh, were alluding to St. John the Baptist without mentioning his name um, or to they were highlighting uh, characteristics of him and then the, the reading from the Acts was speaking again specifically about John the Baptist. Isn't that strange? Why would the church be pointing us to somebody other than Christ? You know why? Because St. John the Baptist did only one thing. St. John the Baptist's ministry was six months. Six months. That's it. I've been a priest for six years. I don't think I've done like 
0.5% or, or 0.000005% of what St. John the Baptist did in six months. What was unique about St. John the Baptist was St. John the Baptist did only one thing. He pointed to Christ. So the church is telling us, the church is telling us that we can look we can look to those who categorically and only, uniquely, without any exception, point to Christ. We can look to them, and through them we can find Him. And we find that, we find, we find that in many of the things that St. John the Baptist said, and I'm just going to pick a couple of them, and I'm going to link them up with the other readings. In the, in the reading from the Acts, um, uh, it quotes St. John the Baptist speaking, saying that about Christ, saying, I am not worthy to stoop down and loose his sandal. When Jesus comes to ask him to, be bap to, to, to baptize him, he says to him, it is I who have need to be baptized by you. I'm not worthy to stoop down and just to loose your sandal. What's, what's very clear here in St. John? What's very clear here is where he is and where Christ is in his mind. And Christ is his only focus, is his only center of attention. Very much related to this, so I'll put the two together, is when they come and they go to, they go to St. John the Baptist. You know, there's always stirs in life, eh? There's always people who like to make, you know, they like to, to make divisions between people. So a bunch of people go to St. John and they tell him, look, the one whom you baptized is baptizing more than you. And they're thinking St. John is going to get jealous. St. John's going to get upset. St. John's going to get fussed. No, not at all. He says, great. He says, you're very foolish. You don't understand anything. He says to them, I am the friend of the bridegroom. If everyone is going to him, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. What I was supposed to do was to send everybody to him. So that's a good thing. And that's where he says the famous line, which is quoted in the book of Acts today. He must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. We find that St. John the Baptist is setting a model for us, a model of life. That we would go to work every day and say, Lord, may you increase, may I decrease. We go to school every day, Lord, may you increase, may I decrease. I approach my wife in my marriage every day and say to myself, Lord, may you increase. May I decrease. May you, Lord, be the focus of everything in this place. In as much as it pertains to me, in as much as it's in my control, may everyone who sees you be pointed to Christ. St. John was like a, like a one-way sign, pointing to Christ and only Christ. If we look at some of the, some of the other readings, we find St. Paul saying, in 1st Timothy this is one of my favorite verses in all of the Pauline epistles he says I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry although formerly I was a blasphemer a persecutor and an insolent man but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief and he goes on a little further to say about himself this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. St. Paul saw that of all the sinners in this world, he was the worst. But, but God, just because of his grace, just because he's gracious, 
for no reason that had anything to do intrinsically to St. Paul. God chose him and put him in the ministry. This, this is the answer that I have towards any thought of pride that comes my way. Like, if you can, memorize this verse. And this, this is the answer to any thought of pride that comes my way. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful and put me in the ministry. I thank Him because He is the one, by His own inventions and His own designs, He decided that I'm faithful. By any other measure, any other measure in the universe, no one would count me faithful. But He counted me faithful, so He put me in the ministry. God counted St. John the Baptist faithful because of his humility and his one-mindedness on Christ. In the, in the Catholic epistle, St. James was trying to show us the difference between the real worship of God and something with, which looks like but isn't the real worship of God, right? And he says to us, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. St. <laughs> James is saying something really funny. He's saying that all of us have an idea of who we are. I look at myself in the mirror and I see myself for who I am. I just take two steps away and all of a sudden, all of my preconceived notions of who I am fit right, go, go right back. And I forget what it was that I saw in the mirror. St. James is telling us, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because that's what happens. You, you, you're sitting here, you're all good people and lo God-loving people. And you sit here and you listen to the word of God. And you listen to it and you say, mm, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I should do that. Right? But unless we put it into action, unless, unless it, it becomes incarnate in us, unless we do it, unless it becomes part and parcel of us, then, then we just forget it. We just forget it. Just as quickly as we heard it, we forget it. St. John the Baptist lived. He lived his his humility he lived his mission which was to point people to christ in the um, book of acts it's that part that i quoted where that i was saying earlier where um, they quote saint john saying but behold there comes one after me whose sandals the sandals of whose feet i am not worthy to loose may it be the same for us in the Vespers Gospel, it said something which also we can take from the life of St. John the Baptist and take to ourselves. Lately, I've spoken to a lot of people, like almost, I don't want to say every person, but almost every person I've spoken to in this last week has told me, Father John, I really want to get close to God, but I'm just kind of cold these days. Like, I remember other times in my life where I was much more enthusiastic. But I'm kind of, yeah, you know, and so on. St. John, John the Baptist gives us some advice 
in the Vespers Gospel. Well, actually, it's Jesus talking about St. John the Baptist. So he says something which is a little bit hard for us to understand at first glance. He says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, what's Jesus talking about? Is he saying, like, the kingdom of heaven is under attack? And, you know, the enemies are whisking off the kingdom of heaven like they've managed to penetrate it and they're going to... No, of course not. So what's he saying? He's saying that the kingdom of heaven can be taken, but it can only be taken by force. Sometimes when I come to stand to pray, I don't feel like praying. So I tell myself, well, tell you what, I'll go make myself a sandwich and I'll have a cup of coffee. Maybe I'll look through Twitter for a bit, and maybe in half an hour I'll feel like praying. So I do that, half an hour becomes two or three hours, then I get kind of sleepy, then this, then that, next thing you know, I didn't pray, right? If I'm waiting for the moment in which I'm going to feel like I want to pray, it may come or it may not. And the counter-argument is, but, but Father, I've had those experiences. I've had those experiences where all my heart, I just want to be with God. And so, like, I ran to be with Him, and I had this deep, intimate experience with God, and it was fantastic. That's amazing. That's excellent. But that's not my everyday. I'm telling you right now, that is not my everyday. That is my some days. Some days, yes, some days I do feel incredibly inclined to just open the Bible. And I open where my bookmark was and I was just thinking about a question that I just didn't have the answer to. And boom, right there, there's the answer. And I really, I really feel like God is the one who's directing me and he's prompting me and he's guiding me. <laughs> yes, yes, we do have those experiences. I do have those experiences. But those are not my experiences of every day. If I chose to be loving and kind to my wife only when I felt like it, I would be living somewhere else right now, right? I'm a real pain in the butt, and I'm sure Mary does more than what she feels like for me. I'm sure there are days she doesn't feel like putting up with me, but she does, right? I'm sure there are days where she doesn't feel like listening to me, but she does. I'm sure there are days where I don't feel like praying, but I do, and I go, and I'm comforted, and I'm glad that I did. And I think to tell you the truth, there are other days where I don't feel like praying, and I go, and I pray, and I'm not comforted, and nothing happens that I can perceive. But I go anyways. And go anyways, go anyways, because that's what leads us to growth. Look, I'll give you one final example, right? I want to get in shape. So one afternoon, I find that I have nothing to do, and I remember that I have a bicycle sitting out back, and says, I'm going to go for a bike ride, and I go for a three-hour bike ride, and I have the time of my life. And I decide that every time I feel like going for a bike ride, I'm just going to take the bull by the horns and, and go for a bike ride. And that's great. How many times am I going to feel like I just want to go for a bike ride? Life is busy, right? And if my physical health depends on how many times I'm going to feel like I want to go on a bike ride, I'm in trouble, right? 
The people, those of you who are ultra fit, sitting in the audience, the marathon runners and the triathletes, you don't train when you feel like training. You train because you want to train. You train because you want, you want the goal, you want the outcome, you want the end. And some days it feels great and some days you love it and some days you don't. None of us grow, none of us change, none of us grow in our careers and our education and by just doing what we feel like whenever we feel like it. Why do we think that that would work in spiritual life? Why do we think that that would work in a relationship, any relationship? Every relationship requires some, the word the church uses for this is asceticism. Some doing something when you don't feel like it and you feel at the end like you got nothing out of it. That is a layman's term of asceticism, right? But it leads to something and you can only access that something by faith. You can o it's only if you believe that I'm going to do this and I don't see any change, but that's okay, I'm going to do it anyways. That over time, over days and weeks and months and years, you will see a difference and I will see a difference. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. St. John the Baptist spent 30 years in the desert, in solitude, and six months in ministry. And he paved the way for Christ and changed the world. For those 30 years, did St. John ask himself, is this really working? Is this Messiah ever really going to come? I mean, like, here I am, and today is the same as yesterday, and this year is the same as the year before, and here I am baking out in the desert, you know? The pa Palestinian deserts are hot in the summer and very cold at night in the winter. And there's St. John in camel's hair and nothing else. That's... That's what, that's what Jesus is talking about by saying the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Why don't you and I, as we're starting this new Coptic year, as we're starting this academic year, as we're getting back to school and back to life and out of our summer, you know, our, our summer fun and back into our routine, why don't you and I say, you know what? I'm going to be that person who's violent. I'm going to be that person who takes hold of the kingdom of God, who holds the doors of the kingdom and says, by God, I'm not going to let go until you let me in, Lord, until I taste the kingdom of heaven, not later, not in a million years, not when I die, not but today, Lord, I'm going to hold on to you and I'm not going to let you go because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Let me be one of those who takes it by force. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters.